Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Went in for Holland! Like he's never been away! The man in front of goal who is simply deadly! Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. It's It's been a while, and I think I've been practicing my intros in the offseason so I don't actually jump over the intro like it did on our last episode before, <laughs> the, season before recap. the summer break. Um, thank you so much for joining us and, and listening. If you are a new listener, listener, we really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at the BVB pod. You can email us, the pod at gmail.com. Um, my name's Jake Carver. Is joining me as always. How are you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks. Happy to be back. Thank you to everyone for tuning into the show. And, you know, it's an exciting time for Dortmund fans. You know, while the new season is a little over a month and away, there's still a lot of really exciting news and events to discuss. So yeah, we're going to get into it. Yeah. We're going to get into all that. Um, I also want to just say thank you for everyone who, I mean, we've still been seeing like episode, we haven't done an episode in maybe over a month. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember the last yeah, we're on that end time. Of the season, but um, it's been a while. Thank you to everyone. I don't know if people are sharing the podcast or like I said, new listeners who are finding us even with those old episodes. Cause we've still been getting some downloads, which is cool. Also, uh, obviously there's a lot of news and transfer. Everyone gets hyped over transfers and stuff. So we've, we've still been, uh, like updating our, our socials and everything, but just a lot of people have been interacting frequently through the socials. So that's why, again, if you don't follow us, make sure you follow us there. And thanks to everyone who's still sticking with us. Even when we were taking our, our little break from actually recording any episodes. Um, we're just starting, but I'm going to go slightly off script because uh, well, well, I played that back that intro and some people might be sad that they heard the Holland goal, yeah. and which I am going to need to change out for the uh, next season, which I will. That's why I'm going off script. I was going to ask right now while you're listening, if you could pull up Twitter, Instagram, whatever your preferred social media is, Twitter or Instagram. Not uh, We're not on TikTok. We're not doing TikTok, but your preferred social media, or if you want to email us, the BVB pod at gmail.com. If, if you just off the top of your head, if there's like a goal, if you have a goal from the season mm-hmm. that you're like, Oh, that moment was great. Let me know. Get in Twitter, Instagram or email us. And I will maybe pull that audio and go back, get that audio and maybe include it in our intro for next season. Cause we got to get, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard to find be as like hyped as that Holland. Like he's never been away, but now he's officially away. So there's going to be plenty of those moments this season. I can guarantee you. Oh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have some good ones. We're going to have a five minute intro. (laughs) (laughs) Every single goal. But yeah, if if there's a goal that comes to mind immediately, you want to shoot us a note, uh, that'd be awesome. But we got a lot to talk about. Um, we, we've been getting busy. I mean, Jordan, we said it before, like we, we had episodes where we already signed people before the end of the season and yeah. like very, like right after the season. So uh, transfer, is the transfer window officially open? It's open or officially opening soon. We got a lot very of time to sign week, people. The end of this week. Good. So we got a lot, a lot of time to sign people still. I don't know if we are going to sign any more people. That's what we're going to talk about. But signings so far, mm-hmm. um, the ones that we had talked about previously, uh, we did get their jersey numbers, which I thought was exciting and uh, a good way to start because we're we're going to talk about signings. We're going to talk about some other Bundesliga news um, that's uh, floating around. Uh, we are going to get into some Twitter and Instagram questions. Again, thank you for reaching out to us on socials. I think this was one of the most like 
I mean, we've been gone a while, but this was usually when I put out like, hey, we're recording, do Twitter questions, or maybe mm-hmm. it's because you tweeted it. Carver's <laughs> been the one all over Twitter. I, t- I told him I had like a soccer sabbatical. I haven't like done anything lately. Um, so he's been doing all the socials lately. Maybe it's because Carver tweeted, but we got so many people reaching out with questions, yeah. like more than I think any other I've, I've seen before. So um, we're going to get into Twitter questions and I'm all already rambling. So we'll see what, what else we ramble about. Um, but yeah, so let's start with the, the transfers and signings we have in officially and their jersey numbers. Uh, Schlotterbeck. Getting yeah. the number four. Number four, yeah. Oz Chan, if I probably said that terribly Oz-chan, wrong. Oz Chan, yeah. Oz Chan. Uh, number six, Sule, number 25, and Adeyemi in his number 27. And then, uh, begs the question, is Hilaire going to get the number nine? I would imagine so. Yeah, and, and we, I know we're just mentioning official signings, which he hasn't, like, officially been announced, which is crazy. You know, you toss around official however long you want on socials, but... Still, it's going to be, I would imagine, announced at the end of this week. I know, I think it had to do something like with IX's financial books and they wanted, you know, things to show up in the next fiscal year or whatever for their business. But so we're going to put po- the announcement of Holler was going to be postponed till July. So we're hoping by Friday or early next week at the very latest. But another huge addition to this squad. I mean, he is in his prime and he chose Dortmund as his destination to spend those prime years in. I mean, this is another one of those statement signings, which you can go back to January when we had finally uh, announced Sule, and that was the same thing, another big statement signing. You know, this is something where people can't just come online and say, oh, you know, the player is just using Dortmund as a stepping stone, or, uh, you know, it, we, he's yeah, not in his prime yet, and he's going to go to an even bigger club at a different stage of his career. No, Haller is someone who's got something to prove at this stage of his career, and he chose Dortmund to actually win some silverware, and we are here for it. Yeah. It's it's super exciting, and there was so much. It, it seemed like there's so much mystery with this signing, or I guess doubt with this signing. He was the one where I, I think I saw more than um, some other ones, and I mean we'll talk about more some more stuff where it's like it looked like it might not be happening. Uh, yeah, it was heating up for a while, and then it, with Kaladzic, you know that's kind of started heating up, and then both of those kind of simmered away, and it was kind of nothing for what maybe mm-hmm. like a two week span, and it's like, are we gonna get a new number nine? Who knows? But then just. Then it really heated up, but then within like a matter of maybe 48 hours, and it was like, deal done. Yeah, there was so much up and down, and I remember the comment, it was towards the end of the season, I don't know if it was Zork, or I don't, I don't remember who it was, someone on the board, they, they mentioned like, we have a number nine, like we have someone ready to go, yeah. and then it was like, you're seeing all these news sources, like, they aren't, aren't going to sign a number yeah. nine, and we're like, what is happening? And then so, t- to get him, which, I mean... For, for for where's the R in that his name <laughs> Romano Fabrizio yeah, yeah. Romano tweeted out done deal it's happening they just mm-hmm. need to wait wait to announce it officially um one, one thing I just want to point out and stick to like it, I mean it, it, soccer fans you support Dorman you know but not just looking at Dorman but how many clubs or how many fan bases are like we need to make serious change like fans are, are always calling for these serious changes mm-hmm. whether it's like an overhaul. Overhaul. But yeah. from the top, from like everybody, we need a new coach. We need new players. We need a new board. We need a new owner, like complete overhaul. We haven't got complete, but I'd say this is as like, this has been so good. Like this is like, we are getting what we, the fans are, have been asking for mm-hmm. and wanting. And it's like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Like yeah. what is going on? Seeing just the, uh, the top tier is Sebastian Kale. Like him, taking over, really stepping is. in, and then just 
doing work. I mean, just <laughs> killing it. I mean, it, it, he's only been in charge for a few months now after taking over for Zork and just, it just putting on an absolute masterclass. And, you know, it, it, it is an overhaul and we've done incredible work in the windows so far, which I will get to more in details in a bit. But, you know, you have to realize first and foremost, you can't fix everything in one window. It's just impossible. Anyone who's been asking for that, you're just being unrealistic at this point. But, you know, the the club has really, again, went out and made some statement signings and put their money where their mouth is and, and brought in some really serious talent. Uh, you know, $31 million for Hilaire, I believe it was, plus some add-ons. I think that was our record fee for a player, if I'm not wrong. Going back before that, it was like Sherla or Hummels. I couldn't remember between those two, but... Again, and I don't think that's really overspending for a player like Haller. I think he is worth that quality, especially in, in an inflated market like today in the soccer world. It's not really too much. I mean, it's $31 million, but at the same time, compared to what other people are paying for, you know, players of like half that quality for double the price. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really solid business. I really do. I mean, again, he's had a lot of success in the Champions League last season. He was a beast in the Bundesliga at Frankfurt. As uh, you know, some people may want to point to uh, his time at West Ham that wasn't as so successful, but, you know, even he has come out and said that, you know, he just wasn't the striker that David Moyes wanted him to be. And I think he kind of accepted that because, you know, I think he's going to slot into our system really well. It, besides him being a strong target man, you know, he's a big dude. He's also fairly, fairly solid with the ball at his feet. He can dominate in opposition center backs, hold the ball up really well, good in the air. And you have players beside him like Royce, Bellingham, and Dehu to do all that dirty work, press high and press well to provide him with that support, provide him with those chances and give him chances in front of goal. And he's going to net a lot of goals here in Dortmund. I think he's going to be a really top talent in the Bundesliga again. We are going to talk about, I know we got the question about like our start, starting 11. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But kind of on that note, I wanted to ask about, I guess, looking at maybe Adiyemi and, and the, our other attacking options. How do you see Hilaire? I know you said him slotting into our system. Great. I still kind of almost see with with the attacking power that we have, it's like not a false night, but just kind of a rotating top three at times. So how do you see him fitting into that? Or is it, or do you think we will play more of a direct striker, him up top? Yeah, I think, I think it will be more of a one striker rather than a two striker system. Um, I know they talked about a little bit about it on the yellow wall pod, but when we go up against teams like Bayern, we're usually running a four, three, three. Again, that's probably what we're going to be running against teams like them as well. Same thing with Haller front three with, you know, whoever up top on the wings that we want to choose that day, whoever's fit, whoever's healthy, whoever's in form, and then have Haller going down that middle. I think he's going to be a great asset to that team. Again, holding the ball up well, being a target man and uh, being able to, he's a poacher as well. I mean, he's, He's got a lot of different great qualities and aspects to his game. Uh, so, yeah, really excited. And, you know, not even just him, but I mean, you can go back and look at almost every gaping hole that we've had for, in this club, and, and we've plugged almost every hole. It's, you know, we, there's still some question marks here and there in different positions, but I have two things written down for our transfer windows so far. One, being smart. Other one, ambitious. And I cannot say either of those two lightly at all. I mean, go, I mean first of all, smart because of the business that we've completed before the window has even opened. I mean, you look at some of the other quote-unquote big clubs around the world who are struggling to put together a single signing so far, and here we are with seven already completed, done and dusted, and it's not even July. And after all those transfers so far, including Hilaire, we've only spent about $80 million, which, again, $80 million is a lot, but at the same time in this inflated market, to get seven players in, a lot of them being extremely top quality in today's market, 
I think it's, I think it's close to an absolute steal. And then going back to ambitious, I mean, the ambition that the club and the board has had to, be, to bring the personnel that we are bringing in and, you know, not just signings on the pitch, but also off the pitch that we will obviously get to in a bit. But starting with Sule, I already mentioned back at the beginning of the episode that another huge statement signing, he's a very similar position of Haller around the same age, maybe a little bit younger. That's, you know, entering his prime, wanting to win, win silverware, believes in the project that Dortmund is putting on and wants to compete at this level and has something to prove. Schlotterbeck, while a younger player than the other two, was pretty much unanimously seen as the best defender in the league last season, hands down, and he's someone who brings the right mentality to this team that has been lacking for I don't know how many years now. And just a few weeks back, he was in the interview, or in an interview, excuse me, I can't remember which is who he was talking to, but he was talking about mentality in that same interview and how he holds himself accountable for these performances, how he holds other people accountable, and how he wants to maximize success at everyone else in the pitch on his team here at Dortmund. I can keep going down the list. And he's um, so young. Just throw yeah, it out there. He's so like young. 22, <laughs> 22. And I won't go the, you know, all through seven signings, but last one too. Ozchan, I mean, another player that brings that fight and grit into our midfield that we've kind of been lacking since Delaney. I've been rambling about that since you know, the beginning of the show, really. But we have three solid workhorses in our squad alongside him with you know, Ozchan, Dahoud, and Bellingham. All three of those players, great work rates. Uh, good grit. I mean, Dehoud's not that strong, but he's not afraid to get into tackles either and put himself um, on the line to put his body on the line. So, again, that just that mentality, that fight, and that grit, and that identity that we've been lacking at Dortmund these last few years. That's what the club has been trying to attack this window, and I am here for it. Yeah, and I so looking back at last season a little bit, and this kind of on the men- mentality note, I think this is also a sign uh, to the players, like, hey, we're we're like. Mm-hmm. There's no like pitter pattering around like the I know the the a lot of in and outs or whatever or like there's such a lack of consistent consistency consistency because injuries last year. Yep. Hopefully we're not talking about that uh, this coming season. But um, I think we we saw just the lack of mentality in certain players. Like maybe like they're not caring that much or it, or doesn't look like they're playing with passion or, or they don't care that much. But I I think making these big statement signings, it's like these new guys are coming in. They're really talented. And and they have the right mentality. Yep. And it's just going to be a it's going to be a slap in the face to some other players. I mean, hopefully we're going to be moving some players out too. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. But I think it's it's going to be a lot more. Hey, you have to you have to work hard. You have to fight for your spot. Yep. Because which is a good problem to have yeah. for coaches. You know, it, it'll help other players step up too. So yep. Yep. It's good to compete against your teammates like that. Absolutely. And again, Kale didn't go out to just try to get the best players and. Uh, in the Bundesliga and try to get, I mean, even though having German and nationals is great, I can't understate that enough. But again, he's also going at players that want to be here at Dortmund and are not using us to just two, two and a half years max and then going off to another club. Players that want to make a statement here and uh, leave a mark at Borussia Dortmund, which is, is just incredibly exciting. And and then also, just lastly, I want to touch on, you know, the signings off the pitch as well. I know if you go back to, I think it was like two, three weeks ago, the chief scout at Bayern, uh, Laurent Busser, Busser um, left Bayern Munich to come here to Dortmund as well. I think it was like that, that same week, there was a handful of other rumors that were going around of different players and uh, coaching staff that were like rejecting Munich. So, I mean, the disarray at that club, which we'll get into in a bit, is, is kind of alarming for them. But another chief's a great scout coming into uh, Dortmund. I know he's, he was considered one of their most important scouts on the French market. He was heavily invi- involved with the signings of uh, Nanzu, 
Uh, one, their up and coming player, I know, a great player for Bayern in defense, Asar, which you know uh, he's he's not one of their uh, Bayern's better players, but he was also a prominent figure as a scout at Leverkusen as well, and he was involved in the signing of Leon Bailey. So. Yeah, I mean, he brought in Saar, but he also brought in a lot of other talent. And our chief scout isn't going anywhere either. So I think we're going to see a lot more talent coming into the French market. Hopefully, it's a successful long-term plan because I think we're going to be bringing a lot more young talent outside of just like getting a center back from PSG like Koulibaly or Zagadou. This isn't just going to be like a Bayern bashing episode. And we might have a little... <laughs> I guess we're, we're going to have a little mini segment. Maybe this will be the, the segue into it, but... Also, I like I said, I've been on soccer sabbatical. I haven't been paying too much attention. But one of their big signings is like Sadio Mane. Yep. Um, and seeing that signing, it doesn't even like it excite me in like a oh no, like they got a really good player coming in, which he is. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from Sadio Mane, but looking at at that type of signing, he is he is older. He's kind of on his way. Yeah, I think out he just, I think he just like, turned thirty, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, and. Okay, so he's not as old as I thought, but I think <laughs> I think you you can kind of and maybe he'll he'll hit another stride. Maybe it was a, a like a little complacent at Liverpool being there as long as he ha- he has been, and so maybe a, a change is going to fire him up more, get him going. But I think I think a kickstart and a change in the league will help him a lot. I think he's going to be a terrific Bundesliga talent, especially you know he's ha- for you know the the ask that he's had of uh, from Liverpool and from Klopp to you know play anywhere in that front three, the front three of the past 12 months. I mean, he's played left, right, and more recently, more in that center forward position, which is what I think Byron was going after, going after another central attacker since Lewandowski looks to be going out the door. Nothing, any of a uh, concrete evidence that I've seen yet. But I mean, the whole Lewandowski saga is just, I mean, it's gotten so rotten and so sour, so incredibly fast too. in just this past few weeks that I just, I can't see Lewandowski playing for Bayern in the league again this season or, or in the future, excuse me. I mean, maybe he does some preseason stuff. I don't know. But at the same time, I just, I just don't know how you can try to keep a player that's so unhappy at your club like that. Yeah. I mean, again, with, with Mane being the phenomenal player, he is either on, you know, either wing or center in the center. I imagine they're probably going to look to build around him in these next few years. I mean, I could be, totally wrong and and Mane's just going to score like a hat trick on us like what he might watch that happen but I guess what why I started that conversation why I was getting into that and this, maybe this is my Dortmund bias too but like mm-hmm. seeing that signing compared to the signings we've made if I want to look at it like take my Dortmund hat off and look as far as a neutral standpoint I'm like man Dortmund's making some good good moves it's like, like they, oh yeah they brought in Mane and I mean they made some other signings too I'm sure and and it's not just old dudes, but... Uh, no, Byron, anyway. ha- Byron have had some handful of... I mean, they've had terrific business as well. I think they spent even less than us, and, and they've had less signings, but they've had two younger players to uh, come in as well. I know they have uh, Gravenbatch from uh, IX as well, and I forget the, the other signing they had off the top of my head, but, I mean, they're going to look great as well. It's just a matter of what the Lewandowski saga is, is going to end uh, like, and how they're going to line up next season. Because again, if, if they keep Lewandowski and they put Mane in the middle, or excuse me, on the left, I mean, that instantly already you're taken out. Sané doesn't play on the right. I guess Coman could play on the right, but not really. I think he's a lot more, uh, he's a lot better on the left. So, I mean, you're blocking out a lot more of your other talents that have been there for years. So, I think hopefully we're going to look to see the end of the legacy of Lewandowski at Bayern, which opens up a huge... The hole that's already been opened up and big 
for you know the opportunity for Dortmund to actually come and compete this year. I think it's going to get even a little bit bigger if they lose a player of like the stature of Lewandowski. So if if we come in and we win the league, is it is there going to be people <laughs> saying because it's Lewandowski's? I out? think I think it's a factor. <laughs> But I also am not going to get on that hype either. I know I forgot what major um, report or uh, source came out the other day, and there were just someone was saying like, uh, you know, Dortmund has an, a legitimate chance of you know uh, tipping Bayern over, and they think they will tip Bayern over this season. And I think it is definitely a, a, one of the more legitimate chances we've had in the last like five years. But let's let's come back to that in March and see where we stand at in the table before. We spend the next like six months just going like, eh, uh, eh, uh, eh, uh, every week, you know? And yeah, I don't know. With all that said, I'm just, I'm so excited for our signings and that's what gets me more excited than seeing like what's happening at, at Byron. But do you want to get into uh, some other just random updates we have yeah, going around? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's the Bundesliga has been really exciting in general with some other, you know, departures and appointments in general uh, outside of Dortmund. One of them, I think being, Goetze going back to Frankfurt or not going back to Frankfurt, coming back to the Bundesliga to go to Frankfurt. Uh, it's a, I think it's a clever buy. It's, it's a nice swoop from Frankfurt. I mean, they paid his release clause from PSV for just under, I think it was like not even 5 million, which is a, kind of a steal in my opinion for a player of, I think he's, I think he's still got a, a decent ability to him. Goetze. And uh, I think he'll bag at least a handful of goals and assists. No problem this season. I think I can go back to the 18-19 campaign when he was with us at, for his second term at Dortmund. And, uh, you know, he was he was scoring, or uh, you know, plenty of goals. He had 14 goal contributions in 26 games in that 18-19 campaign. And then I think the year after that is whenever everyone started to really want him out again. But, you know, a fresh start in the Bundesliga. Uh, he's only just turned 30, so I still think he's got another two, maybe three years left in him if he really wants to put his mind to it and, you know, uh, train hard. I think he can be a really solid signing for them. I'm just waiting for him to score another banger against us, and then probably this time he celebrates, which is going to suck to see, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think Frankfurt is an exciting team for him to go to. Yeah. Um, could be be interesting seeing them next season. I mean, obviously they made their, their great run and won the Europa League. Yeah. Uh, and part of me, well, it's because it's because uh, Knauf is there. But I'm like, part of me is like, I'm slightly time. a fan of Frankfurt. I like I like watching them and seeing what they're doing. And yeah, they are they it's are gonna be exciting to watch 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 him. And I, yeah, I think that is a pretty cool move too. So I, I'm pumped to see Knauf this next season as well. I think I think I feel like that spot that he was playing in uh, the role that he had in Frankfurt in this past five or so months is is pretty much his for the taking. It looks like I, I mean he's been phenomenal for them in my opinion. So. Yeah, unless they like sign someone, and but I, yeah, he he kind of took that spot. He he was their their starter in that position. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excited for um, for you know hopefully the Goetze has a nice time there, and also just excited for Frankfurt as well. And then the uh, next thing is Farka to Gladbach, appointed as their manager on a three year deal. Which in today's world, a three year deal for a manager it seems pretty you know it's it's pretty uncommon, which is just uh, interesting to see. Uh, he was appointed as the head coach of the Russian side, uh, Krasnodar, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, but that was short-lived because of the Ukraine invasion earlier. So, you know, he didn't have, I don't think he had a job for a month or two before he was appointed at Gladbach. But uh, that's another exciting appointment for Gladbach, in my opinion. I mean, a memorable tenure at Norwich uh, gave them hope to hold on to, promoted them twice. He's a great man-manager, developed a lot of young talent. 
and Norwich fans just across almost every platform you could think of wishing him the best constantly since he's left. So, um, while I'm not a huge fan of Gladbach, that's, you know, it's going to be exciting to see uh, how they compete under him as well. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised at this appointment. I, Me I mean, too. If, if Norwich fans like him, great. I, mm-hmm. I almost look at the negative side of his tenure at, at Norwich, though, because... Um, I mean, the, the criticism he got was like he he got him he got him promoted, but also but could never twice. hang on. Yeah, I could never hang on. It seemed like he just didn't he couldn't do what he needed to keep him up and and maintain for like even like a a one year. He couldn't keep him up for one year. It's like they just automatically dropped the next year and like did not look good this last season at all. So yeah, I yeah, it'll be interesting to see him at at this level and see what. And like, because at Norwich, he was, he was like, he was backed. Granted, like Norwich did lose coming into the Premier League. They lost some of their best players. They sold yeah. off some of their top players. But from what I understood, it's like he was pretty backed. Like Norwich has a pretty good uh, owner uh, mm-hmm. ses- system set up to where like they, they were backing him. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, interesting. So it's just gonna be interesting to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical, I guess. And was, yeah. But we'll yeah and I know he's got his flaws. I know he... His def- uh, he looked like he didn't put too much emphasis on his defense, at least uh, not as much, I guess, because he was kind of forced to change his style once he came up to the Premier League. But, you know, yeah, he's still he's still a pretty decent tactician and, um, again, developed a lot of young talent. It's a shame that he didn't get um, Josh Sargent cooking under him too much and, you know, building the momentum for him. But, yeah, it, again, just another exciting addition to the Bundesliga. I guess he he technically didn't get relegated this last season because yeah. he got fired before they got relegated, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he yeah. did not set them up to to stay up. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, looking bad. Um, another one here is uh, Favre is back, not in the Bundesliga, but he signed with Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry I had to do that joke. Um, they finished fifth in this. Uh, they finished fifth in the league uh, last season and are aiming for a European spot with Favre now. Uh, the niece's current manager, uh, Gaultier, is heavily rumored to be appointed at PSG, which is just a, a merry-go-round if you know if you zoom out, because then that means Poch is going to leave PSG, and who knows where he's going to be. But uh, Favre is just a is is a brilliant signing for Nice. I mean, he's a he's a brilliant tactician. He's an admirable manager. Had his flaws at BVB, and you know he wasn't the best man man manager at times, but uh, still wish him success at his new club. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised it took so long for like something to happen and maybe me too. I yeah. I know he was heavily linked to with Crystal Palace for I think like a solid two months like a year ago, and I thought that was going to be the move. And then I think I don't know if he backed out at the last minute or Crystal Palace did, but yeah, In- interesting to see. But yeah, and then um, and then also a quick side note about Favre at Nice, and this is just solely off of one single rumor I scrolled upon, and also just my personal bias. But you know who would be a great signing for Favre as a, a new appointment at Nice? Zagadou. Ooh. I, I, I said that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, after Zagadou's contract ran out, he should go back to France and really try to kickstart his career again. Uh, being back on home soil, I, I don't watch the French league, so I might be totally wrong in this, but it doesn't look like maybe too much of like a physically demanding league, if I'm not wrong. And I think that could be a great spot for him. I mean, he was great under Favre. Uh, you know, he obviously didn't play too much with injuries and everything, but I think he looked decent at times under Favre as well. Um, I mean, he was a starter at half the time and, uh, yeah, I think, I think Zagadou would be a pretty solid signing for him. Where, where's, where did Zagadou play before? Do you know? 
uh, before Dormund. Yeah. He came to us from the PSG Youth Academy. Okay. He wasn't on their senior team, if I'm not wrong. I think he was on their U23s. Okay. And we, yeah, yeah that, we would, that would be interesting to watch. Because yeah. he, uh, they, Dortmund made an announcement that they're not extending his contract, right? Correct. Or, yeah, he's so, gone. But he's, we just haven't heard of like what and, he's doing or where he's going yet. Yeah, and Zagadu hasn't, I don't think he's even like really been in contact with any other clubs at the moment so far of where he wants to continue his career. So I think that could be a great uh, next step in his career. He's only 22. He's got plenty of time. If he, if he takes these next two years to really try to, you know, gain some momentum and take his, his body seriously, of course, with, with the injuries and try to get some form going under a brilliant manager like Favre, you know, you have some uh, relatability and some familiarity with uh, a manager like that of, of that stature and um, ability. And yeah, I think, I think that could be great for Zagadou. Kind of want to take a bet on that, like see if it happens, but I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, and then another update, just some random ones I just had over the past few weeks. I thought a lot of these were pretty interesting. But then today, this is just kind of breaking news, I guess. But Otto Addo, uh, his contract was going to end at the end of this month, but he just extended it for th- another three more years till 2025 with Bruce Dortmund. One of our talent sc- uh, scouts. I mean, well-deserved. He's a great lad. At the same time that he extended this contract, he's also... Earlier in February, he signed to be the interim manager of Ghana. So he's going to have both of those jobs at the same time, it looks like, which is pretty ambitious, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I hope he uh, is successful. And, and I think Addo had a few other offers. I, I could be wrong on this, and, I, and I, sh- I should have kept the source on me, but I think he even had like links to other clubs for being a, uh, an international manager. I think uh, like Denmark was one of them, if I'm not wrong. So, I mean, I mean, the man, the man knows his shit. I, I, I'm glad that we have him here on our coaching staff. Again, we're really bolstering in a lot of different areas on and off the pitch and excited to have Addo for another three more years. I mean, doing some international work, he's kind of scouting at the same time. So yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with that. And uh, it, the it, fact that it's just interim, like, I, yeah. I, I'm not concerned about like too much responsibility being pulled one way, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Good, yeah, good for him though. That's cool. Um, and then last update before we get on to some other questions and announcements, uh, Gio Reyna is expected to miss the start of the preseason, uh, reported by BVB buzz, which that sucks. That sucks to hear. Obviously. I mean, the man just can't catch a break, but at the same time, if he, if he's, I've also seen that he's been doing very well on his road to recovery and, he, and he's been, he's been doing everything right so far. And, um, the recovery process, it's just a matter of taking your time being cautious and listening to your body. I think, I think Gio, if he, again, if he takes his time, he's still got plenty of time at the end of the summer to uh, get some good minutes on the pitch for a preseason and hopefully hit the ground running when the Bundesliga starts. There was a video on Twitter. It was a while back, but it was, I think it was in Texas, Austin, and this random person like walking down the sidewalk or walking by a training facility or whatever, like just saw Gio Reyna in there, yeah. like training and working out, like in his Dortmund gear. Um, I don't know why, like the fact that he was in his Dortmund gear, like in America, I was like, sweet. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something cooler seeing him like in his gear. So I don't know if he was working with a specific Dortmund trainer, if like one was here with him or, mm-hmm. or what, but that, that was cool. I think it was, it might've been around when USA was playing in the, uh, that makes sense. In Austin. I think it was around that time, but yeah, but I, I, that was the interesting thing. Like seeing him, if he was kind of like with all the US guys, mm-hmm. like that he was wearing his Dortmund gear and not like USA mm-hmm. Nike training mm-hmm. tops or anything, but yeah. And uh, well, also, I mean, obviously, too, it's, it's not even a matter of also uh, or, or just solely hitting the ground running the Bundesliga. You obviously want to stay fit, stay healthy, and um, 
you know, keep your body in check for the World Cup coming up as well. I mean, Gio is is so so vital for this men's national team for America going into Qatar, and you know, we're just we're going to need all the players that we can get um, for our squad because I think you know. I, a lot of positions for the men's national team is just up in the air, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not certain on a handful of different roles, and I think Geo slots in perfectly to linking our attack. So, yeah, for Dortmund and U.S. sake, let's yeah. keep our fingers crossed Dude, for Gio. That is like he's kind of got. Like, it seems like some of the positions for USMNT are up in the air, but it's it it seems like because we haven't seen. We just haven't seen the best. It's like we we can't. It's been four years fully, and we still haven't really seen the best. Isn't yeah. that crazy? We we haven't put it fully together. It's like it's not. It's like there's some competition there. So if he gets back and if he gets healthy, mm-hmm. like you got. I mean, Wea, Aronson. Oh, um, you could go some, down the some line. other guys coming through. Like yeah. so, there's some serious competition there. And then on the Dortmund side, like he's got competition there too with Adeyemi yeah. coming in. Mon. And, and if if Brant stays and is is playing well, like it's like man, he's got a. I, and I just want this is the US bias but I just want I want to see him I want to see yeah. him play well and I want to see him all me, time me too but again that's a good problem to have that, that pushes you to be better once you're uncomfortable and you, as you see other your teammates around you trying to push themselves again uh, as well so yeah all the all the uh, the best luck of just Geo to a speedy recovery I mean I I, uh, I feel for the guy that he didn't play much at all last season only a handful of starts and handful of games in general so how do you feel about i just thought of this like it's do you, do you feel like it's a miss having him out or like do you feel comfortable knowing that we have some good other options in that i, I honestly i honestly do feel pretty comfortable in the preseason because we have so many attacking options i've seen people say like we were missing wingers and it's like i mean i guess if we're gonna offload some players i can see your point but it, you know we, we have i think we have plenty of wide players at the moment you have uh, you have Monlin, you have Binal Gittens coming through the ranks. I imagine we're probably going to get rid of Hazard, so maybe not him. But um, I mean, Adeyemi is probably more of a wide player than a central striker. Um, Gio also plays on the wing too at times. I mean, he's he's played right and left, so I'm not too concerned with us having you know not the personnel that we need for preseason. I'm I'm way more concerned come you know late July, early August if you know his status is still questionable. So a lot of, lot of updates, but there's just, just things I thought were pretty interesting over the past few weeks. But then, yeah, we have some Twitter questions uh, before we get out of here. And then we have uh, a big announcement as well. I forgot to mention at the beginning, but thank you so much for everyone who mm-hmm. reached out Twitter at the BVB pod, Instagram at the BVB pod. I don't think we got any emails this time. No, we've been getting some emails. Yeah. With some questions. Um, I first, I read this question as, Chan. Chan. I was very confused. This is very hard. <laughs> so the first question from Paolo, uh, can Bellingham become a BVB captain and legend? Man, one can hope. One can hope. I, 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 get, I get a little, I, I salivate a little bit. We'll look into this question every time, man. I, I hope to God Bellingham is, wants to be a player that can really just like be a staple in this Dortmund side for years to come. I'm not saying the man has to spend his entire career here, but he's also, again, only fucking 18 and I think he can and I think he kind of should really try to again make himself a staple here and spend the next three four years here in Dortmund and and solidify himself as as a legend at this club and I think if he does choose to do that even for another two or three years I wouldn't I wouldn't really be too opposed to having him as a captain I know you know I guess Royce's 
future is 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 kind of coming to an end in the next year. And only has one year on his contract. I imagine Royce will extend another one more year. But after that, I I per, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I personally choose Jude Bellingham over someone like Matt Hummels all day for a captain. Um, you know, he's what's not to like about him. So. Hopefully, I think it just uh, this question can be asked next summer because already Liverpool and Madrid are like saying he's going to be their top targets come the summer of 2023. So I can't say for certain yet. Depends how much he wants to you know stay here and you know see the how the team's performing come this fall. But yeah, one can hope, man. That that is my dream to see him stay here like that. Yeah, I, I mentioned it before, but that's like my biggest fear is that he's just. Pu- Big teams are going to come in for him, and it's going to be just because he's yeah he's so young and he's so good, and I think it's going to be so like nearly impossible to hang on to him. I hope yeah. so, and I think we even probably said it at the like beginning of the summer. Um, the the moves we're making and the signings we're making and like how serious we're taking everything right now. That like that's what we need to do. We need yep. to keep yep keep that, and we need to show him that hey, we can be get get back to the level where we're like serious Champions League contenders. Um, who who can go for the title and mm-hmm. be like win the Bundesliga a couple times yeah. with, with him, um, and a couple more cups. Like give the man some trophies. Give um, give Royce the uh, trophy too. He spent a decade here and he still is yet to lift the Meisterschale. So to see Bellingham and Royce, or, yeah, lift that trophy, that'd be a sight to see. Okay, so. well I'm glad you mentioned Royce because off of this question I did want to ask. Looking into next season, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk more about it. But specifically the the captaincy, do you think? Royce still captain this coming season. Yes, I do. Do you think if he's not starting cons- consistently, if that is going to th- change anything? I think he probably will start consistent. Start consistently. Excuse me. I mean, given uh, hopefully nothing happens with his injuries, but I can't see why he wouldn't start regularly. I mean, I think he's still a, a staple in this team, and he does incredible work on and off the pitch. So. I, my vote is to Royce, yes. Yeah, cool. I, I think what he showed this season, and especially towards the end of the season when he was playing at just every mm-hmm. game, like never like coming up. Oh, just, mm-hmm. He played so much. He he was putting out a lot. He was contributing a lot. Some would argue that towards the later part of the season. But um, no, he's great. I, I, yeah. would, I would, I think we're a stronger team with him starting too. Um, but I think that'll be interesting to see Yeah, what happens in the next couple of years um, as far as where that captains our man moves to yeah. if 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 jude yeah i would like to see jude if he stays long enough but we'll see what happens yeah i know his contract is till 2025 so just have to wait and see all right um next question which we had a, a lot of if you ask this question there's a lot of people who asked yeah. this question so i'm not going to do specific shout outs because the list would be way too long to read uh who are we expecting Dorman to offload this summer which is Probably already a given. I would imagine most people already know the three names I'm going to throw out there. Schultz, uh, not that we want Akanji to leave, but Akanji's probably out the door as well as Hazard. Um, that That is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting next 30 days to see who, who leaves and who doesn't because that depends on obviously who we're going to buy after that. But I've seen links pop up here and there with Newcastle for Hazard. Um, Hazard would probably do pretty well with Newcastle. I know they're on the just a new frontier of becoming a whole new club with uh, their new owners. So I think Hazard would do well at Newcastle and you know, maybe I'm just saying that to offload the guy, but <laughs> <laughs> um, get some, you know, quick cash out of him. Schultz that I feel like he's going to be a little tough to get rid of just because no one's really interested in him, which sadly, rightly so. 
Uh, they, originally, I think a few weeks back, there was a little bit of noise made with him and uh, flirting with uh, Fenerbahce in Turkey, but those have piped down a bit. Unfortunately, I haven't seen too much pop up for Schultz since, but yeah, one can hope. But at the same time, I would also, I mean, if, if he's, if he gets out the door, like at the last few weeks, of the transfer window, we don't have a backup for Guerrero. That's uh, more concerning for me than anything. You know, we're already kind of stretched pretty thin in certain areas and arguably the most being the left back position. So, and center back position. And then lastly with a Kanji. Now Kanji might have a few different options. I, he's obviously a really talented center back. One of the most underrated defenders in Europe, in my opinion, uh, one of his destinations that could happen is Juventus. DeLitt might be headed to Chelsea under Tuchel. If Juve get rid of DeLitt, they're obviously going to need another center back. And I think Akenji could slot in perfectly at Juventus. And it sounds like he wants to try something new. And that could be a destination for him to really go and flourish. So uh, those three players, ideally, we could get all three out and um, see what we do with the cash. I know Raum is obviously just the talk of the town for everyone, but it's just a matter of also with those three, or at least at least two of those three, and on top of Guerrero leaving, which I'm not really huge on everyone just immediately pushing Guerrero out the door just because he had one lackluster season. Yeah, I mean, he's not a left back, but like you knew that from the beginning, so nothing's really changed. It's just a matter of how you use him. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can just get something sorted out with the left back position because that's... That's like the one area that's still sort of concerning for me. There, I know there was a specific question too about, I mean, along these same lines, but Brand, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah. We're still, I'm still a Brand boy. Me too. I think Carver's still a Brand boy. I, I think he still has a spot in this team, and yeah, you, you can. A lot of people hate him, but I, if you look at his contributions from last season, his numbers are still up there. He still gave us a lot and just provided a lot for the team. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope he stays. No. Which there was a lot of, I guess, I don't know, there were some talks from him or his camp or agents that he might be looking to move, and I would be sad if he goes. I, I hope he stays. It, it, it was uncertain. It, it was uncertain, but uh, or at least for a little while, but it looks like he's pretty locked in for this next season. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. I mean, nine goals, eight assists last season. That's it's the most that he's done or contributed by far in his, in his Dortmund career here. Uh, obviously, he has a lot to work on his game, and he's got, he's definitely cannot uh, lift up at all and he or let up excuse me he has still has a lot to prove this next season and if he doesn't come out of the gates you know swinging and, and has a solid season this year I think he's out the door next season no question so hopefully he can come out and try to prove himself at the level that he knows he can play at this fall and yeah he's, he's going to be a great addition to the squad still just a matter of how much he wants to apply him apply himself our right, next question from Udis on Twitter if I'm saying that right Hopefully, uh, how can Terzic fully utilize these new signings? Which is which is a good question, and I think starting with I know, you know, this doesn't involve Terzic too much, but um, wait, excuse me, yes, it does. I think that a big part or a big main goal for um, this next calendar year or so is going to be Terzic building an identity and chemistry within this team. You know, get the team really gelling together. And uh, my point previously, a few seconds ago, was. Sule and Schlotterbeck have already been building that partnership for the German national team, which is huge. And at the same time, they're going to have a, pool, a full preseason together too this summer as well under Terzic. So I think those two are going to be utilized really well under Terzic. Again, building that chemistry back and forth with those two. Terzic already is a really solid band manager. He uses young players really well. 
So hopefully he's going to ha- give Mukoko uh, more time and um, just keep building that unity throughout the team. I mean, we're, we're going to get our, uh, we'll get to our season predictions and goals later in July. But again, that is just, that is what I think we should be going after is going after a, a, trying to get an identity in this squad and build some uh, unity for the club. Yeah. I, I think just Schlotterbeck and Sule, those players coming in it, like we mentioned it, how when, when Rosa got let go mm-hmm. um, and as far as, Seeing a team with with Rosa signings, but I I mentioned it back then that the, these two signings could come into any team and they're going to improve it. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like you said, getting them to gel together, getting them to, to play together and, and build a bond. And I just think with, I'll say it again, with how much like revamp we've been doing, it's just refreshing the whole club. It's going to be beneficial to the guys who are already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys, it's it's going to encourage them more and, and get them hyped. And I don't know. I, I think it's this summer when they all get back together. It's just going to feel fresh I think and so it's going to be really motivating and encouraging for them to, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's get going. And yeah, it's just going to be a fresh start. So I, I, I'm yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, he's going to be um, pretty successful in that aspect of building that unity and identity within Dortmund. I mean, he's, he knows the club through and through. He's been a fan for how, you know, way before he was involved in any sort of professional football. So uh, yeah, excited to see what he can do. Uh, and then we did have a question. You, I mean, you quickly touched on this, but Mokoko, we had a question from Jordan. Uh, do you think Mokoko will stay? Because there was talk before last summer, but I think yeah. that Terzic, uh, Terzic coming in helps solidify. It, 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 it does help that situation, but I, I honestly don't think it's solidified yet, and, and which it sucks. I hope it is, but it sounds like in the next week or so, Terzic is go- and Kale is going to have a, a meeting with Mokoko to kind of try to convince him to stay because... Man, it's again. It's just going to be a massive mistake, in my opinion, for the, the club to let a player like Mukoko go. I, I think he's an incredible talent for the age that he is, and um, I think Terzic also fancies him. I mean, he play, he played him. He was the one that kickstarted Mukoko's career whenever he was 16 years old. So, I think with Terzic coming in, Mukoko might just have you know a, a different perspective of if he wants to continue his career here, and hopefully that's the case. But I can't say anything is guaranteed yet. We're going to have to wait for these next four weeks, but at least we'll have an answer by the end of the summer. Yeah. Um, next question, which again, we got from a lot of people, but looking ahead next season, we are going to do more of a, like a full season preview. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, next month, uh, well, next month is in like a few days, but in, in July. So when we come back with our next episode, we'll do like a full preseason thing. But as of how we're looking now with the signings, we have uh, projected starting eleven. Yeah, this one's a, an interesting one as well because my I mean, my starting eleven. I need a piece of paper. Is um, it, it's, it's got to be a three four three, but at the same time, that's my preference at least. But I mean, everyone's already probably going like, oh, you only have like you know three four center backs that are ready to go, and there's no way you can go through a full season of them starting every time. Which I totally understand that, but at the same time, if we're gonna go with a four back or a uh, Four at the back, excuse me. I think that instantly already leaves players like Guerrero and Meunier kind of exposed in those areas. So I'm I'm what I'm predicting, hopefully, this is what I would like to see is like towards the beginning of August when we still have only one game a week and players can get plenty of rest between each fixture. We go with a back three of Schlotterbeck, Hummels, and Sule. I mean, I think all of those just slots in perfectly. You have Schlotterbeck, obviously left footed. Um 
and he's a little bit more pacey, so he's going to be put on the left-hand side. Hummels gets back to that quarterback role that I think he flourishes in and can ping passes left and right. And then you have Sule, who is, again, a little pacey as well. He's played right back at Bayern plenty of times as well, and he could slot into that back uh, that right side of the back three. And then you can have Chan interchangeably coming in and out if need be. Then you have cross the line of 3-4-3 of um, the midfield of Guerrero and Mounier in the wings, or wing backs, excuse me. And then you have your double pivots of Bellingham and Dahoud. I think those two would be great together and kind of solidifying that partnership. And then Ozchen uh, coming on every once in a while to kind of bring in that fight and grit off the bench. And then the front three of Royce, um, kind of uh, maybe a little bit more free roam, uh, or uh, excuse me, the freedom to do what he wants, Royce, because I think his best position, it's an interesting one. It's not necessarily a left wing, but it's not a cam. It's kind of that middle spot between like a left attacking mid. So I'd give him the freedom to kind of roam in that area of the pitch, Haller up top, and then um, fight for a spot between Nadiemi and uh, Malin. I would imagine Nadiemi is probably going to get it, but let's see, you know, how they perform. Yeah. That's going to be my, you know, 11. Um, as you were, I was kind of like trying to type as you were going, but I was trying to stay ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, why well, I, I put, so back five or back three, mm-hmm. I had the same thing. Hummels, Schlotterbeck, Sule. I think that's what we were talking about last yep. last season too. And then Chan could obviously, I mean, you mentioned him, but Chan could pop in there if we need to. I I said a lot last season. I liked him in that, like me too on that right center back role. Um, how he played it well. Um, I put Bellingham in the little pivots, Bellingham and Austin. Mm-hmm. Cause I kind of, I don't know why. Cause I literally talked about Dehoud earlier, but I kind of forgot about Dehoud. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, new side. I was thinking new signings. Like, so yeah. I threw him in there, but with him and Dehoud fighting for that spot, it's just going to step up the level of mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be really exciting. And, Champions League. That's what we need. We need guys yep. to be able to rotate in and, and that, out. That depth. Yep. Yeah. So that it's so good to have that depth there and have like real depth there, mm-hmm. uh, and not just like hopefully someone can slot in. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, I had Adiemi, Royce, and Haller up top. But yeah, that Adiemi, it, it's easy because like we paid a lot for him, and he's a young German international, and he's he has done some he's done good things in Champions League, and he did amazing things with Salzburg. So it is it's exciting or it's easy to think, yeah, he's going to start right off the bat, but we do have some other good attacking options, yep. especially if, if uh geo does come back Gio and is well, super yeah. healthy, they're going to be fighting for that spot. And again, depth competition. Yep. It's just, it, it, it's, it's a good sign. It, it's good to, to not know what the lineup's going to be based on <laughs> the mystery of who's injured and who's healthy. Yeah. But like just, just to, uh, and who's going that comp- competition level? Yeah, and who's potentially departing as well? But you could with with the Adiyemi. I mean, w- hopefully he just hits the ground running, but we we don't know for sure. Like he he is young and coming in the Bundesliga, it could be a bigger step than what we he or we think mm-hmm. right off the bat. So it'll be interesting to see how he starts a season and uh, yeah, just how how quickly he can kick in. And then last thing too of you know if you if you go with the four two three one, which is which which is fine, but at the same time, again, the weaknesses I already pointed out, and then also on top of that, I, it's going to be difficult for me to kind of picture where I'd put Bellingham into that four two three one. I just don't think he's much of a holding midfielder, and you know, having all that defensive responsibility. So, and if you put him in, uh, you know, the attacking role or, or left attacking role, which he played, at, you know, at times this last season, which he flourishes in. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you know, then you're taking away a lot of your attacking options. So 
I th- I get I gotta go with three four three personally. I just want to see a consistent formation. I know that like you can change tactically depending on who you're playing, but I just want to be a team that that other people have to adjust to us, and I just want to see consistent things. That that was something that was so frustrating. As far as I mean, we line up like we didn't know who was going to be in there, but the biggest thing is like we don't know what formation we're going to yeah. come out with this week. And even while we're playing, like I don't know, they're kind of adjusting on the fly and in different game like, scenarios. But I just, I, I hated not knowing what we were going to play. Like yeah. it was so frustrating. Yeah, and and not again, not even just the formations, but just the systems, the you know, the philosophy of our game, how we're going to go about attacking and defending, all of that. It was just always up, up in the air. Yeah, I think something exciting. I'm going to go back again to the revamping overhaul what we mentioned before and I didn't touch on this but we we touched on Kale being like kind of at the top changing that and then all the signings that he's brought in but now that we're a little separated from the the Rosa thing and the Mm Terzic because I know there's kind of mixed emotions Mm -hmm. when all that happened I I'm excited like I'm excited to just like overhaul everything I'm excited to start fresh um, and I'm I'm excited just I think the them signing Terzic and just like the the faith they're putting in him and just the look at like, all right, we're overhauling. This is our new starting point. We're moving forward from here and we're, we're building out a project kind of, we're going to let him do his thing. And we're going to start some, with some really good foundations with yeah. these big signings right off the bat. So yeah. I, now that we're a little more removed from the Rosa thing, like I'm more excited than anything to just, here's the plan. Here's what we're doing. Let's, let's do it. Yep. So. Yep. All right, so I mean, is there anything else? Anything else you got before we got our announcements? Uh, do you want to do this last? Just do you wanna, not, oh yeah, yeah sorry, more, I yeah, skipped over that one completely. Uh, shout out to Nathan from the Borussia STL. Love uh, you, Nathan. <laughs> and your mustache. Yeah, uh, the Borussia STL supporters group should Royce play in the World Cup? Which I feel like he kind of already answered it with that question because I I have to agree with what he was saying of obviously you want to see him flourish in the national team level, but at the same time, how much can you push the man? He's 33 and he's performing at an incredibly high level week in and week out for, you know, more than one game a week. So it's, it's tough. And also at the same time, I'm leaning towards no, because you have also to look, if you, if you look at the German national team and how much talent they have coming through the ranks in that same position, I mean, you have Sané, of course. I mean, you have Adeyemi coming in. I mean, obviously, he's a little bit more of the right side than the left side, unlike Royce. But you have Musiala, who plays on that center mid slash uh, left attacking mid role. I mean, a lot of great talent coming in from the German national team. And if, and then obviously you have Müller in the attacking hole as well, which you know he flourishes in as well, for, and just makes that German team tick. So I'm imagining Hansi Flick maybe going for a. Um, for a uh, a younger team or maybe just different options other than Royce. But I don't know. I guess it depends if he's really up for it. I mean, he's turned down Germany in in the recent um, past as well. So it's just, I guess it's going to be up to uh, Flick and Royce. Maybe they might have a conversation in the coming months. Uh, I don't know how to answer this. I mean, because there's two different ways you can answer it. It's like me selfishly as a Royce fan, I just want to see him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to see. I want to see him have the like success, but at the same time, it's like Germany and U.S. comes down to it. I'm like, I'm going to be cheering <laughs> for Germany, so I got mixed mixed feelings about it, a lot of stuff. And then also from the Dortmund perspective, I don't want him to like get forced in there to play and then like get burnt out or injured. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm for saying. Dortmund, when we he is still one of our 
like our main like yep. starting players and our captain. So like I don't I don't want to see him get injured and, and be out for Dortmund stuff. I'd rather see him performing. Here's my answer. I'd rather see him performing for Dortmund consistently and and healthy for Dortmund than for German team. Yeah, I would lean towards that as well. All right. All right. <laughs> so now we got some announcements. Uh, so upcoming as we kind of wrap up summer and get back into the season officially. We're going to have some special guests joining us. We do need to get Adam back on. I Yeah. We need to get Adam back we're on. We're going to have Adam we'll back have on. Adam soon, back for on. sure. We're going to need some women's updates before before the season starts. But um, some new guests coming on. Uh, Brian from who who is a contributor and writer for BVB Buzz. So you might know him on Twitter. Uh, he's going to be joining us on July 19th. Tenth is yeah. when we're recording, so the episode will probably be out the twentieth. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're going to take a few more weeks off, and then we'll come back probably for good towards right be, right before the uh, Pokal game in uh, late July. So we'll have Brian on. Very excited to have him. He's gonna have you know more insight than us, I would imagine, on a lot of different things. So if the if just the name like Brian from BVB Buzz doesn't sound too familiar, you I guarantee if you follow BVB Buzz. And you've read any of their articles. I guarantee you've read some stuff from him. Yeah. So. Yep. And then in August, we have a, another guest that we're going to be having on. We're going to be having on Stefan Boskol from the Yellow Wall Pod. That'll be towards the beginning, or excuse me, the middle of August. And we're incredibly excited to have him as well. I've, I've, I mean, I'll say it again once we have him on, obviously. But I mean, I've, I'm a, a longtime fan of um, the Yellow Wall Pod and. You know, I love Stefan's work. I think he's a great guy and he's an admirable dude as well. And I'm extremely excited to have him on as a fan of his. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then, of course, throughout the season, we, Carmen and I, I think we, we might have mentioned it before, we had a meeting earlier to talk about like what we want to do and what, what more stuff we want to do mm-hmm. for the season, whether it's it's live streams, Twitter spaces, uh, that kind of stuff. We haven't, we don't have like a solid plan for like, oh, this is, be, I can't tell you, watch out for a live stream every week. Yeah. But it's something we're going to work with, maybe some pregame, postgame stuff or like halftime streams or Twitter spaces. So it's just other stuff we're thinking about. If there is something we're like, hey, it'd be cool if you guys did this. I'm open to take some suggestions. Yeah. So again, like the uh, the goal, goal, uh, any goal that comes to mind, if, if there's like live streaming or any other platforms or anything, like we're open to suggestions. Yep. So just hit us up with anything. Um before we wrap up completely, I, I'll throw some dates out there as far as like upcoming club friendlies that we have and just some off season, preseason stuff. Yeah. Um, you did mention the uh, Pokal game, July 29th, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting to have like an official game pretty soon. Yeah. Um, we have a, we do have a club friendly coming up on Tuesday, July 5th. Uh, I have no idea who this team is, <laughs> but it's Lun- Lunar SV. I don't know where they're from. I don't know where the game's playing at. I have, I have no clue. Uh, it's probably been posted officially somewhere. And again, yeah. I'm on a soccer sabbatical, so I don't know. And then uh, some other note, we do have another friendly on July 9th, uh, but notable games, July 18th, we're, we're playing Valencia. July 22nd, we're playing Villarreal. Um, and then, of course, that's leading into the Pokal game. So just those games coming forward. Also, Carver, I feel like you got to talk about the fact that you're going to Ger- Germany. So we got to talk about that. <laughs> There's not too much to report, I thankfully... I, I mean, I thankfully have pretty much everything solidified for tickets and everything, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, Europe for a trip with uh, someone, and then uh, towards the end of the trip, we're going to be in Dortmund. I chose Dortmund just because it's my little slice of heaven, and then we're going to be there for the Werder Bremen game. Very excited for that. So we will have a virtual episode in August whenever I'm in Germany. So 
or in Dortmund specifically. So yeah, yeah, for that game on August 20th. So if you're in Dortmund and you're going to be at the game, you should probably hang out with Carver. Um, and I don't know that, that it's just so cool. So we're going to have, it's, it's going to be, be awesome. Gonna be Carver's going to be posting so much. I mean, oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll so be spamming stuff. our Twitter for sure. Oh, it's going to be, I'm like, I feel like I'm going and I'm not going at all. I'm going to be really, I think at the time I'm going to feel like I'm there. I'm just going to be like, I'm so excited and I'm not even going. Yeah. But, so yeah, all that's coming up. Uh, that's it for this episode. Again, we're going to be back in July and follow us Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. You can always reach out on um, email. If you want the BVB pod at gmail.com. If you like hanging out with us and you have yet to give us a, throw us a rating on whether it's Spotify, you know, the, the rating or uh, you can't leave a comment on there, which is a bummer, but uh, you can give us a little five-star rating. We'd really yeah, appreciate it. It helps huge. get the word about the podcast out there. You can also leave a rating. And if you want to say something nice on Apple podcasts, if you listen there, that'd be cool. If you want to say something mean, you can just DM us, like I said before, and then we'll, we'll hash things out. We'll figure it out from yeah. there. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Carver. Thanks as always, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thanks for tuning in as always.